Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Lowell, and I am here at home with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl. What have you been doing today? <laughs> Where did you not go today? I uh, did not go to school because it looks like we're going to be out until at least until after spring break. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. Because so, like, due to the coronavirus. That's right. So, like you're all of y'all, we are trying to make the best of it. You had some at home learning stuff. How did so it go great. on day one? So, Awesome. I mean, it went fine. I just, I wish I did more of it, but that's fine. There's a lot of it, and it's just. You wish you did more. Say, explain that, because like, there's a couple assignments that are given, and you have all week to do them. Yeah, but I other wish assignments I did more of those. already broken down for you, and to do it by day. Yes, I wish I did more of those weekly assignments. Those um, I feel ones like we're that are finished before doing it a long time today. Was I wrong with that, or were you? No, I just did as... very little work. I was there, kind of <laughs> just staring at the computer. You sound like a writer. <laughs> uh, That's what we do. <laughs> but I did the I did the science stuff. I did the math stuff. But of course, like I was thinking, like in my head, sometimes I'm like, all right, I get the math stuff and the science stuff. That's good. That gives me time to do this other stuff. Wait, oh yeah, yeah, we get more math stuff and more science stuff the next day. So we just do this whole again and again procrastination <laughs> and never get anything done ever. But you're you're being hard on yourself because you actually did get stuff done. Come on, got a little bit of social studies done. Well, hopefully Some you shouldn't Spanish be doing done. this eight hours a day. Like I mean, it should this should well, take long two or to three hours to max, school. right? It's supposed to replace school. So yeah, but it can't. It's not. So, anyways, I'm curious what how everybody else out there is dealing with this, the homeschooling stuff. I would say, and of course, this virtual learning is the worst thing that has come out of the coronavirus. <laughs> the absolute worst, the worst thing. Yeah, I would say, add even more. Make sure that you know, sarcasm is very clear. You haven't seen this, but I watched uh, the last week tonight with John Oliver, and he gives like a thirty seconds of just complaining about things that like are completely unimportant. Involving the coronavirus. Like, what are you mad that got canceled? So it's just it gives 30 seconds of selfish anger ranting. That's a great exercise, actually, because it, let's be honest, like, there's so many things have been canceled for so many people. And yeah, in the big scheme of things, like with the universe and the tiny blue dot of Carl Sagan point of view, are they really important? No, not in the big scheme of things, as far as like grandparents dying, but they are important. Like, they're important to your daily life. So it's okay to, you know, be upset that, like, the band trip has been canceled to Walt Disney World. Like, it's allowed to be upset of that. And then you're allowed to also then have the perspective that, wow, how lucky are we that, like, that's what we have to be upset about. Yeah. So it's been an interesting time already at day one. Yes. It kind of feels like it's been longer than day one, I guess, because you were out of school Friday. That was planned. That wasn't coronavirus, though. That was teacher work day. And then the weekend. And so... Anyway, so we were practicing some social isol- isolation. Social distancing. Social distancing, thank you. And But before we practice social, distance, social distancing by being very near each other and talking. <laughs> well, we're, we're probably six feet apart, actually. We have long courts. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
But anyways, um, before we practice social distancing, and we hope y'all are doing the same as well. Oh, yeah. By the way, I just want to put this out there. I'm continuing my usual policy of not touching you. <laughs> Ever. Just no hugs, no nothing. Yep. <laughs> just a continuation, no change there. Hank, when you're in bed asleep, I go and... Uh, well, that no, that's... I'm sorry. That's like... <laughs> I meant that in a perfectly non non harmful <laughs> way, but like what? I just had to have. I just never mind. I'm gonna just stop that right there. <laughs> okay, you go I will call. find a way to hug you, Hank. <laughs> that was still weird. That was still probably creepy. All right, so enough of that. But before we practice social distancing, we went to see a movie fairly recently. Yes. And what did we see? It's called Licking Everyone's Ears. A document. <laughs> a documentary. That's the weirdest thing you could have said. All right, we saw The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man. That's right, a new thriller starring the awesome Elizabeth Moss, who we may remember from such great TV shows as Mad Men, and many other things, and uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. And she's in that. And so I personally was not looking forward to this movie at all. (laughs) I, I thought from the trailer that I had basically seen the entire movie from that, which, you know, happens a lot. But I just got to tell you, I was incredibly pleasantly surprised at this movie. Yes. And in my least movie feed, a lot of people would say, and this is the first great movie of the year. Mm, that's amazing. Great seems strong. But let's, you know, the, basically the setup of the movie is You're that... Totally. So I said it was... Can I just repeat that after we saw the movie, I said, that was great. No, I said, that was good. And you were like, what do you mean? That was great. Oh, did I really? Yes. So that's funny. So, okay, let's say that's true. This. And when I say, so how's the movie? If I say to you, if you okay, ask me that again, how was the movie? How was the movie? It was great. So that to me is still different than me now saying that was a, it's a great movie. You know what I'm saying? I like those do. are two different things. I kind of do. But you're right. I think afterwards I was. It was good. Like yeah, it was a great movie. But is is it a great movie? No, I don't think so. But I really liked it. Potato, potato. Anyways, the setup for the movie is Elizabeth Moss has a psycho ex-boyfriend or husband. You know, she gets away from him. He's controlling. He's awful. He has figured out how to turn himself invisible, and he is after her to make her nuts. And some cool plot devices they have is like she can't basically be called nuts or she won't get the money. But yet she has this invisible person doing things around her to make her life awful. And that's the setup. So it could have been awful. Like that's an okay setup. But like we kind of felt like we had seen it before and the trailer told us a lot. But um, but it wasn't. Why, why wasn't it? Hank? What did you like about it? I don't know. I think it did a good job of like setting up the scale. Like they weren't obvious. Like, at some point, you call, like, oh, I think scary thing's going to happen. But then scary thing does happen, but in a different way than you expect scary thing to happen. Which is really, really cool. Because that's the whole, like, that's what you're going for as a screenwriter, right? You have these certain setups, these certain tropes, and you want to find a way to innovate on them. And the writer, director, I believe it's the same person, right? Lee... Wannell or Wennell? I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah. And well, I, thought, to, I yeah. thought it was a girl, by the way, because it spells, it spells his name L-E-I-G-H, which is, I thought Lee as a boy was L-E-E. So this whole time I thought 
Oh, what a cool movie. Great. So this, okay, I just, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm looking at IMDb right now. Feel free to interrupt. It, it <laughs> is adapted. It is an adaptation of the H.G. Wells novel. I think we were talking about this before. Like, is it its own kind of thing, or are they trying to? Is it? Yeah, it is. It says on IMDb that it's. Well, all right then. So now we know. I didn't. That's because they're they're not talking about that. They don't promote that, and I haven't read that novel, uh, The Invisible Man. But I would imagine. I didn't. I didn't. Pres- I don't. I wouldn't have thought that it was this same scenario, the same plot. You know, or so I wonder how based it is. I think we I, might have to read that. We might should have already read it for this uh, podcast. Okay, or at um, least run a, read a summary of it. Benefits by not really focusing on the side characters that much i like how it continued kind of the whole movie was about our main character and didn't really show anything other than what our main character doing was doing and i like that you can see the invisible man's i think adrian was his name effect on her yeah it's definitely a a psychological thriller from a very specific point of views and that point of views is elizabeth moss's character um so yeah, I agree. So it's like kind of a it's kind of a, so it's kind of a small movie in that respect, right? We're just focused on a little bit of um, you know just a few characters. Oh, I thought the cinematography the cinematography was also pretty cool. Like that beginning shot of the cliff and everything was so quiet. You didn't want to make a noise in that beginning, that first scene. Yeah, and then later in the movie, I really liked how. So obviously with this plot, you have you know somebody who's there but can't be seen. The camera does a great job of showing us places where this invisible person might be and slowly you know pushing in or just kind of like tilting a little bit to the left or right. So you, get, you have this sense of foreboding uh, that's really strong, right? And you, you're like, okay, is, that, is he there, there, there? Who knows where he is? Uh, what did you think of the uh, special effects? The special effects? I, was, I thought they were cool. Yeah, and I thought Elizabeth Moss did a great job. Like those those fight scenes? Exactly. The, like, so she's invisible. fighting nobody. Like in part of my thing, I thought like, oh yeah, there's no one there. She's just, <laughs> she's just going blah, 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 on the floor. That's right. I had a couple of those moments too, mainly just because I was like, as an actor, I was like, oh my God, like... It's hard to do that and not just feel ridiculous. You know, she's on the floor thrashing around with nothing's on her, you know, pretending like someone's beating her. Like, that's not easy to do. And I thought she did a great job. And I thought the camera did a great job, too, again, of showing you where that person might be. Yeah. I enjoyed the science fiction element of this. Tell me, what do you mean by that? Well, the way Adrian makes himself invisible is very much a science fiction concept this mechanical suit yeah the suit looked cool i love how they explored kind of the science of that suit well not really the science of that suit that's right because he's a he's an optics expert right and optical lens and he's yeah, found a way I to get the, the light reflect everywhere but not back into your eyes so you don't see him yeah that's i think that this yeah this looks cool uh, this is a random question. Whose house would you rather have, Adrian's or the house in Parasite? Well, the house in uh, the house. They're in both Paras- great houses. The house in Parasite, just because the house in Adrian's just scares me now. <laughs> there, okay, I can see that. The walls all around it. Yeah, can't escape the house in Parasite. It's just beautiful. I liked. Uh, I really enjoyed the relationship with the sister. 
how there was clearly like, you know, backstory there, not covered by the movie, but that we got it. We got their complicated relationship pretty quickly and just a couple of lines. Uh, and then do we want to talk about some specific moments of the film that we liked? Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the ending, like the specific way in which he got come up against Ev Adrian's comeuppance. Yeah. I was really cool and it felt very fitting for the character and that final moments between uh, Elizabeth Moss and I believe his name is Aldous Hodge. He plays James in this movie. That's the friend that she stayed with with the daughter, right? Yes. Yeah, so that, that whole thing, her the way she got away with getting her revenge and then that moment between them afterwards where he kind of fully realizes what she's done... Like, what do you think is going to happen with their friendship? I mean, I imagine, like, there was some resistance there, but I think he realizes what, thinks about what Adrian has done to Elizabeth Moss's character. Cecilia, Cass, has done to Cecilia, and kind of things like, this is what this man deserved. So yeah, I wonder if they'll, there. I don't know that he'll be able to trust her again and fully, it's like, I don't, I think this will severely alter their relationship. In the future, I just don't think he's comfortable with this kind of, you know, intentional murdering of someone, you know, whether it's deserved or not, uh, was a sense that I got between them. I could be wrong with that. You know, we don't know. The audience is left to guess on that. Uh, another cool moment that I, the, uh, to me, the coolest moment in the movie and the one that really made me go, holy crap, we're going there with this, is the scene where there's two. Spoilers, by the way. Yeah, well, you already told the ending moment, so yeah, definitely spoilers. Oh, I, didn't, I, I didn't know specifics whatsoever. You, I, asked I said for, Adrian's I asked for, come up. I asked for cool scenes, and you went right to the ending of the movie. But I didn't say what happened, and <laughs> you're, you're the one who said it, by the way. Whatever, Hank. Um, so, what I thought a cool scene that was not the ending of the movie was when the two sisters were... <laughs> you're going to give the specifics of the scene. It's a pivotal scene, and you're going to give the specifics of it. So we always do spoilers. And, you know, I'm done with this. I'm not doing this. All right, let's talk about some favorite scenes or moments in the movie that we liked a lot. Do you have any uh, you want to bring up? <laughs> <laughs> I think the beginning sequence, at least just to start off, beginning sequence was definitely cool. I like how quiet she was. I didn't really... You could see what was happening, but she wasn't like, and I'm doing this now, and I'm drugging him. and I'm. Yeah, it was all nicely. It was The, the mood was great. Cause it, really, it was a great setup to the movie as a whole. Like, you're already like immediately setting up your suspense. She was so scared and nervous during that whole thing, which was really cool. Uh, since we kind of you know, obviously know the trailer going into it, kind of presumed she wasn't going to get caught. It's hard for him to go, you know, terrorize her later if she doesn't get away from him now. But even with that knowledge, like as an audience member, it was still really well done, I thought. And some things came back. Like they had callbacks from it too. So it was like not just important plot-wise for her to get out. The details were important also. Yeah. I like that whole, uh, she like took something from the ceiling, right? Or... She had hidden something there. Like, this was incredibly well thought out. Yeah, and you got, like, her acting was, Elizabeth Moss's acting was amazing in this. Like, like you said, you, you could see the fear. Like, her acting just in that scene alone, like, already set up how, like, powerful, I guess, this man is. Right. And that this is also going to be a good movie. 
And when her sister didn't come at first. Oh, yeah. You know, and then him coming and getting like that. Talk, I was wondering, like, so is he going to be, is she just going to get a clean getaway or is he going to come after her? And it's going to be a chase. And they did a little bit of a chase, but not really. Like, he just showed up the window and tried the thing and the sister gunned it. And I was worried it was already going to start off with some kind of like running through the forest type thing, but I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, a scene that I loved also involves a sister. Later on is when they go to lunch. This their sister, the relationship is kind of uh, it's really bad because he's hacked into her email and been sending horrible emails. Well, I can't remember if that was before that or not. Anyways, so they're at lunch. I think I think this is after that, though. The relationship is incredibly strained. Elizabeth Moss is trying to say all the right things, trying to say what's going on, trying to apologize. It wasn't her that did these things. And they're just, the camera is just in like a, a two shot. And we see, then uh, they cut to the sister. And you see the sister's eyes. She's, she's clearly looking at Elizabeth Moss. And then something clearly catches her attention. And it's just really subtle. And she has this like quizzical look on her face. And then we see the knife in midair just staying there. And like, we're all, I was at least, maybe you figured it out immediately. I was I like, did not. I was like, what is going on? And then, you know, another spoiler alert, you know, they cut her throat. And like, that was just so vicious and so surprising. You know, I don't know. I guess I guess it shouldn't should not have been a surprising, but it was it completely like they totally went there. Yeah, I, they weren't afraid to not. They weren't afraid to do that. Yeah, and, and I feel like in most movies like this, they wouldn't have gone that far though. But it was such a great choice, and he slams the knife back into her into her hand. So the whole restaurant, and of course, she went to a crowded place, so something like this wouldn't happen. You know, so she wouldn't be. Like, you know, freaking out because he might be in the room. Um, I just thought that was a really great choice and a really great moment. And, of course, that then leads her, you know, to go to prison. Now, one scene, one thing I really enjoyed was the ending. Let's, let's talk about it. Um, I think the way that she gets her comeuppance on Adrian, I know it seemed very fitting for her character. You felt very, You felt very good about it. And that final kind of confrontation with uh, Elizabeth Moss's character and James, played by Alice Hodge, Aldous, Aldous. First name starts with an A, Hodge. It's just, you can see that kind of, that strain, but he decides to go with and accept what she did because of the bad things that Adrian had done. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit. I explained that. Just terrible. That was just. <laughs> that was just. The, can you go more into detail on that? Since they're like, what? The, what? The, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. So let's let's talk about that moment. So after, so she's she's done the deed. She's killed her tormentor, and she's done it in a brilliant way, so that you know it looks like he just committed suicide. And then she's outside, and she's caught with the suit with her friend, and her friend was there listening in, you know, in the car. But that clearly wasn't the plan. Like, he was not in on the plan to kill this guy. He was just there to record her getting Adrian to admit that he was turned himself invisible and been torturing her. And he kind of does that with his surprise comment, right? But that wouldn't work in a court of law or anything. It's not enough. So then they have that moment outside. And I think that her friend is 
going to be very wary, like didn't know she had that level of uh, power or depravity or whatever you want to describe it as, vengeance in her. And I think their relationship is going to be a little bit weird after this. I don't know that I'd let her around my daughter or son after that. Even if his killing was justified. I think that final shot of her walking up the stairs kind of proud of what she did. She has grown stronger when it comes to the... Like after defeating Adrian, I don't know, that felt really good to me. Yeah, I did too. I like that also. Now i got a question. So do you think that it was it was always her plan to murder him, right? Or was she really at first just trying to get him to admit it? I don't think so. I think after those scenes in the asylum and the, the threat of have it of her having his child and being returned into his control i think that kind of set her off she was going to do anything to stop that from happening yeah i think you're absolutely right and now that i think about it also she kind of hid that one suit like in his closet yeah I, no, I so when she went to the bathroom she went also to the closet changed into the suit and came out that's what happened right i think i don't think yeah. i at the time i don't think i fully appreciated that and what a great plot device to have her actually be pregnant. That was part of the torture, one, that she was never going to have a kid with him, so she was on birth control. But then he one-upped her by, like, you know, changing the birth control. So she did pregnant, but then that was her leverage. That's what made it believable to <laughs> him for Adrian to come back, for her to come back, right? Because like, I think if she wasn't pregnant, she just said, okay, let's try it again, honey, that kind of thing. He, he would be wary and know that... You can't come back from that. But the whole point of their discussion was, what role will you have in this child's life? And so yeah. that, made it, that made it legitimate and believable that he would accept her in. That scene of her for the conversation. I think the movie, for me, the movie was good up until that asylum, when like the asylum gets involved, in which at point it becomes great. Yeah. That, and that's right after the... Um, that's the lunch the, scene, the and that's scene. where I think it elevated for me, is that, that lunch scene totally did for me. Let's talk a little bit about the brother of Adrian and that kind of part oh, of that. I, that was pretty cool, too, right? I'm not going to flex. I thought it was going to be the brother in the suit. Did you really? Yeah. Nice call. Nice call. The brother in the suit attacking the friend's daughter. Yes. Because that's what happened, right? Yes. So what, I wonder what the brother's psychology was with that. Because at first he's like the jerk, like, yeah, she just wanted his money. Then he's like, yeah, Adrian's controlling. He controls me too. I'm glad he's dead. But then he's actually working with her, with him, at that scene in the prison when they have that interview. Well, I think you can see in him that he kind of, he wants some, I guess, power. At least, like, he, like, he may be controlling him to do this, but you can see when that, like, interview scene in the asylum like when she like hits his stuff around like he's clearly angry so i think he wants some power for himself and to show his power that he isn't just a puppet yeah so i thought that was a that was a that was an interesting character for me again that's part of what made it a better psychological thriller than it could have been was the use of that character um anything you didn't like or wish they had done better, or things you had questions about, or things that were annoying. I mean, not really. I can, nothing really comes out to me. Yeah, me neither. I can't really think of much. 
This is one of those movies that was just was well done. You're not second guessing it along the way. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say about the movie? No, I think it's good. All right. What do you want to What do you want to give it as a grade? Oh yeah, I was. I'll do an A minus. A yeah, B plus, me too. I'm A minus. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go A minus. Yeah, I'll do A minus. And I'll say, yeah, that movie was great, but it's not a great movie. (laughs) (laughs) Completely contradictory. But I think I think people understand the difference. Uh, So you've got a ton of time on your hands, kind of. You got these virtual assignments. You keep saying that, and I keep telling you, no, I don't. I just make it seem like I have a lot of time on my hands. Well, we only have one one day of it, so I think it's a little bit early to judge it. But what are you reading, Hank? I am reading, well, simultaneously reading Dune to get ready for the movie that, due to the coronavirus, may not even happen this year if it gets that far. And also, this um, Dave Barry's Best State Ever, kind of simultaneously reading both. And what is that best state ever? Florida. There we go. This is, uh, I want you to say a little bit more about it. I'll still say it's really funny. It's the first I'm laughing out loud while reading it. It's is it fiction or nonfiction? It's nonfiction. It's nonfiction. It's I mean, it's kind of a book of stories involving Florida and his def- Dave Barry's defense of his home state. That's awesome. Dave Barry's hilarious. Was a columnist or probably still is for the Miami Herald for a long time, and is pretty awesome. And I am reading Dune as well, getting ready for the. Uh, movie whenever it may come out but we've got to read that and we've got a little other the mini series and the david lynch movie to go as well so i'm i'm enjoying that as parts of it i didn't remember which has been a nice surprise and uh i'm thoroughly enjoying it i hope you are yeah i am that's awesome man all right anything else we want to say or cover I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. Got some other stuff to talk about. We're going to, well, we got some later on different podcasts. We really got some catching up to do. We kind of lost our schedule for the 50th time in our this <laughs> podcast history. I think we get like three podcasts good in schedule and then we're just like, oh. <laughs> we just forget it exists. Well, with all this free time you have now, we should be all right. Yeah, we are. <laughs> all this free time. I keep telling you, I don't have that much free time. No, I'm kidding. Oh, um, we got a Hulu 30-day free trial, so I guess we'll try out some Hulu stuff. Maybe yeah. do The Handmaid's Tale, that devs show you keep mentioning whenever <laughs> I say a word that begins with H. You just think I'm going to say Hulu, and it's like, devs, we got to watch that. <laughs> I am excited about devs. Uh, is there anything anything you're particularly excited about with Hulu uh, in I this might, little trial? I might start binge-watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, that, is, that is not completely appropriate. Uh, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> I don't want you to do that by yourself, probably. Okay. <laughs> I, have, I stuck my tongue out on him. Yes, the magic of audio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. I what hope are that you reading, Dad? Y'all are what's that? What are you reading, Dad? Oh yeah, you already said. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that kind of day. <laughs> oh, we have a letterbox account. We do. We do have a letterbox. We haven't account. done. Letterbox, duh. Forgot about the D. There is, um, we've done absolutely nothing with it. Well, we've we've we created the account and we picked a movie or two we've seen, right? We just haven't yes, read, we, written, we haven't any written reviews. reviews. Or We're gonna be. Yet. I guess we'll try to write an invisible man review, and also maybe 
rewatch I rewatched at least some of the Dark Knight trilogy. So Oh yeah. My review some of that. Yeah. Yeah, and more fun more fun stuff coming up. But uh to everyone out there who's at home and being socially responsible, thank you. And uh And remember, okay. And just for the coronavirus, just want to give give tips. Buy as much toilet paper as you can. Apparently, it's the most valuable thing you could possibly have in your home: <laughs> toilet paper. But don't so, hoard. Don't be a hoarder. Yeah, I was. I was kidding. Wash uh, your hands. There we go. Everybody, wash your hands and touch elbows or not at all. Yes, and bow or do the live long and prosper. Many things we can do. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and until next time, until we meet again. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Serzier and Antoine Harad. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.